day three of the Hamilton trip. Is everybody open? Everybody's open, yep. right? Yep. Everybody's open. open. Yeah, I opened last night at ten thirty. Yeah, we opened late too, nine fifty-five. It's it's a tough open. It's tough. First off, I've already been up for like whatever long, yeah. walking around trying to do posters and stuff, which is another thing entirely. Yeah. And then like to go into that and do a show, I'm like. At like eight o'clock, I'm like, I think coffee is in order. <laughs> um, just uh, so I'm here, and as I call you, as I say your name, just say uh, just say hello or say hi or whatever, just so that anybody listening can sort of get a sense of, of everybody's voice. So I've got uh, Brian Morton. Mm-hmm. Hi there, uh, Olivia Pasulo. Hi, Dave Brennan. How you do? And Esther Huff. Hi. <laughs> so. How how have your fringes been so far? I mean, day two. Are you are you already exhausted? Are you? A little tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing is, for uh, I'm not acting in it, so my job is pretty much done. Mm. Um, the week leading up was very tiring because it's been about like postering, making sure mm. you go out, um, tech, dress, all mm. these things, and just like the stress. But once it's out of your hands, it's just like well. Take it away. Well, I I, uh, I saw you when I uh, got to the theater last night, and Esther was folding all of our programs. Yeah. And putting mm-hmm. the yeah. So yep. she's got a repetitive stress injury <laughs> at this point. And same with postering, you know, with the pole, you know, with the, with the tape around yeah. and yeah. the circle yeah. around the pole. So that that you have to watch out for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wind fringing. Yeah. 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 You got to watch out for all of the arms. Yeah. You're gonna end up like yeah. a. a, a Cashier at Drug Mart with the brakes on. Yeah. <laughs> I did like about 150 programs yesterday. This is the problem with self producing is you don't have anybody who's going to you fold those programs. So you're just like, yeah. you're doing it all yourself while you're freaking out about your show. <laughs> yeah, so. I actually got my venue uh, captain to organize all of that. Just dumped the. And then Happily sat and folded, yeah. So the point is, you can ask your venue staff and volunteers. Well, they actually have an hour. They have an hour between the shows anyway, because, you know, the other show's in. And nobody, I've noticed that nobody lines up here. Like, there is no lines until, like, five minutes before a show. That'd be like a joke. It's very much like Montreal frames. Nobody lines up in Montreal. Everybody just sort of moseys up, like, five minutes before the show. Well, they do for Nick Wallace shows. (laughs) Nick Wallace shows, there'd be a 45-minute lineup. But, uh, you know, there are very few shows that have a kind of pre-demand that you know coming in, you know, um, that that show's going to sell out. And that show's going to sell out from its very first show. Therefore, if you want to get in... um, and, and ironically, those are the shows that there are virtually no artist comps for because artist comps tend to be standbys. So, um, yeah, yeah. But also, uh, if they already have a, a built a lineup, they don't need to pay for the house at all. Exactly, they, they don't just have their audience. Yeah. Um, how was how was your first? Well, first yeah, how did you feel before the before the show? Okay, my hands were shaking. <laughs> yeah. uh, and also, like a really small crew, so I was taking care of sound, and my hands are like on the sound, just shaking. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Lightning yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and your show is just so everybody hears your show is uh, uh, Devil in the Details. Devil in the Details. And it's at the Players Guild. Uh, and your role with that show? I'm the writer and director. The writer and director. Yeah. Well, no wonder your hands were yeah. shaking. shaking. No w
No wonder. Uh, Brian, your show is... It's called Mary, I Have His Pants. It's by local playwright David B. Fraser, who is the most often produced playwright in the Hamilton French history, going all the way back to the first Fringe in 2003. Um, and uh, David and I have known each other for about 30 years, but ironically, that's the first time that I've ever actually worked on one of his plays. Um, Brian, you should know the Fringe, right? I worked on the with the Fringe for eight years um, as a venue technician, a venue oh. captain, and then my last Fringe, the t-shirt I'm wearing, nice. um, was I was the festival producer, mm. so I had Jessica's job, right? Yeah. Um, and then I hired Claire and did the kindest thing I think I could have ever done for her as I split. I let her, yeah. I let her basically organize things the way she wanted to without any... And there were some problems with the organization, and uh, by me leaving when I did, they, it allowed them to kind of put it all on me and yeah. now the organization's you know has a new direction and a you new force. You think it was a fall guy? No, I, the, <laughs> but I, I felt uh, you know without getting specific about yeah. it our yeah. Ontario Arts Council funding was at risk mm. and uh, Claire had a very good relationship with the OEC and I felt that was my own feeling at the time that uh, by me kind of choosing that moment to leave it allowed them to basically make sure that funding was secure. And since I've left, you know, they've now got relationships with the Trillium Foundation and the Community Foundation, people that we could never access funding from. So, um, and at the end of the day, the fringe lives and dies on money, right? <laughs> yeah. Audience, money, True. attendance, all of these things yeah. are so. Um, and the growth uh, in the last three years has just been extraordinary. And so it's kind of nice. I always said, I got involved with the Fringe Festival to begin with because I had applied to the 2005 Fringe as an artist, mm -hmm. and they accepted my check, and I was in the Fringe, and I was thrilled, and then eight weeks later, they sent us all a letter saying, there's no Fringe in 2005, here's your money back, right? But because we had all applied to the Fringe, anybody that was on that artist list got invited to the AGM that year, the Annual General Meeting of the Corporation, mm -hmm. and we watched the 12-member board of directors resign. There were like two that left. Yeah. And so it was very clear as fringe artists that wanted to see this thing survive mm -hmm. that we had to rally to it. We were, the, we were the people here in Hamilton, we're the fringe artists, and one of the things that was great about the fringe board for ages was it was full of fringe artists. Mm -hmm. And there's even something in the bylaws of the Constitution that says being on the board does not preclude you from having a show in the festival. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that, to me, made us artist-friendly. Uh, and as a smaller fringe, and uh, when I first went to the CAF conference in Montreal in 2008, we learned that uh, the magic median number is $1,500. If you can get your median return mm -hmm. on the shows to $1,500, it becomes worth Mm -hmm. It comes worth. Uh, local shows will always tend because they have local infrastructure. They're not touring. Yeah. They don't have any extraordinary costs. But if I'm coming from Montreal or Halifax, yeah. I need to know that I'm going to make fifteen hundred bucks just to make it worth coming to Hamilton. And because we're uh, we're opposite uh, Winnipeg, which is one of the largest fringes of the country, uh, you know, we kind of became the default. If you don't get into Winnipeg, well, you can always buy Hamilton, right? Yeah. Um, and. Also, uh, when we were able to move the dates of the festival around, because we used to follow London, which would put us into August, usually right after the Festival of Friends. Mm -hmm. And when the Fringe initially started, we were at the very beginning of June, the beginning of the tour. Uh, but our, our sweet spot, where we've been for about eight years now, is immediately following Toronto. Right. If you've got a show on the Toronto Fringe and you want to hold it over, yeah. or even better, you didn't get into the Toronto Fringe yeah. and you still want to do your show, yeah. Hamilton becomes a really attractive thing, yeah. right? And then there's this little mini tour that can develop, Ottawa, London, 
Hamilton, Toronto, and you don't even have to leave Ontario and still yeah. kind of get some work in the province. Yeah. Right? Um, and I didn't get to you guys. Your show is <laughs> the tragedy of Stella Moore. That's and that's a, a sort of a retelling of uh, Othello. Yeah, uh, we make it a mean girls version, but they're cheerleaders, and I don't know if anybody cares that there's not cheerleaders and mean girls. Does anybody care? I don't think anybody cares. <laughs> okay, so I don't think anybody cares. Fans of mean girls no. are gonna say no. I'm just gonna put it up there. Because like, you know what's, what's funny is that, it's like is that I see their poster and I go, "Mean Girls." Mean girls. I, I mean, if there are cheerleaders yeah. on there, right? I they were. Uh, well, uh, Lindsay Lohan was a mathlete, I believe. Yes. Okay. yes. So they were. They were no cheerleaders. <laughs> we know that because we attended to promo this show, this Mean Girls trivia night. Yeah. That's the Lounge. And people know that. Oh my god. I, I I even saw the movie within I a couple the, months I of going. I saw the movie the day before, and I'm like, I have no idea what this movie is. They were like, um, <laughs> with Lindsay Lohan's uh, boyfriend in the um, movie, Aaron Samuels, yeah. or the guy she likes, they were like, what is his uh, jer- like football jersey number? And we were like, what is going <laughs> on? Here? These are the hardest Mean Girls questions. <laughs> what does the Earth? German teacher say yeah. in English in the montage? And then, but it was hosted by these wonderful um, yeah. drag artists. And, but people knew it. They were like, yo, over here. Yeah. yeah and, wow. um, it was really fun. We had a good night, but we, yeah. we did not win. Well, <laughs> winning is everything. Winning 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 winning. Winning. It's how you play the game. <laughs> like that. They really, they really know it. Yeah, and I mean, what we capture from Mean Girls is uh, the meanness of the girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's in Heather's too, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mean Girls is Heather's without the murder. Yeah. Yeah. and no Christian Slater. But this murder's in Othello, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, no spoilers. spoilers. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, and and how was how was your opening? It was good. So this is our second run of the show. We did a run in April. So since then we made some changes. Uh, we had a cast member drop out, so we replaced him. And so yeah, it's really interesting going from one run to another. This is not something I've done before. Mm-hmm. And I guess I thought, whatever. We already rehearsed it. We just it would be so easy. But I, I think that like every. It, it's okay for me to think that as a producer, yeah. but it's not okay for like the performers to feel that way because once you get comfortable, yeah. like something relaxed. So I think like getting an audience was really good for the cast to remember like, oh yeah, yeah, this is funny, this is new, this is this is interesting, right? Because people reacted really well to it. I'm like, oh yeah, you didn't you didn't know that we'd be doing that because. We did it before. Yeah, it's, but, it's funny because yeah. it's, it's hard when you're in rehearsal because it's really funny at the beginning and then about halfway through rehearsals you start wondering, is this, is this still funny? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this still funny? Yeah. And then you're like, I don't think it's funny. Yeah. What are we going to do? And then <laughs> exactly. the audience laughs and you're like, oh, yes, right, yes. it is funny. Yeah. It is funny. Yeah. Um, I want to give a shout out to our... Uh, our new tech, Maya. Yeah. Um, so she stepped in mm-hmm. pretty short notice mm-hmm. um, and uh, talking with the cast uh, after the show, it was like, were you thinking about the tech at all? And everyone was like, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't that a nice luxury? Wow. Sure. Because um, most of my French experience was with my sketch comedy group, The Imponderables. Mm-hmm. And eventually we just were touring with like a fifth member who was a yeah. technician. And, yeah. and But... Uh, you can really have a hard time. I remember the first time we did Montreal, uh, opening night, nothing's going to go smooth, but of course the, the reviewer from Winnipeg uh, is in the house. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. there's going to be tech yeah. issues in this, so as a performer, 
when you know you're in good hands up in the booth. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, confidence is a big part. I give her all credit. Yeah, yeah. She did a great yeah. job. Yeah. Good hands in the booth is, is so important. So important, especially if the, if the show has a whole lot of tech. Yeah, our show's very tech heavy. So I'm up in the booth as well. Mm-hmm. There's a. You did okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 The show. Yeah. Voice of God. Remember, you got your, you got, you can turn out the lights. Yeah. There's, there's, there's like, there's like eight yeah. more of these. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And at sixty zero one, they yeah. will. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hopefully, a slow fade. Yeah. You know, a, a thirty or a forty <laughs> second fade, so you can kind of wave goodbye. <laughs> no, 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 I go straight out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, no. you know? yeah. Oh. I got yelled at um, at the kickoff uh, party, the, the preview show, yeah, yeah. when I knocked on the microphone, uh, and the tag was like, don't, don't hit the microphone. I'm like, don't heckle the host. You're part of the show. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, they, yeah. you know, it, don't, it, mess with, don't mess with the masters with me, right? Yeah. They can cut your mic at any point. Yeah. Like, I got my mic cut at the uh, Hamilton Arts Awards. Wow. <laughs> Some dude at the Scottish, right? I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. yeah. Were you, saying something, were you saying something particularly offensive? I don't or? think so. Yeah. Uh, it happens. So Dan had the host of the kickoff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kickoff no, was great. No, I just got yelled at. And, I don't know. People, people have a thin skin sometimes. But yeah. uh, I would say the um, the uh, at the mm-hmm. kickoff was it was great yeah. people really had their stuff together yeah. Um, yeah. I thought people really did a good job of but, selling their show yeah. that's actually my favorite metaphor around the fringe is yeah. it is a buffet yeah. right yeah. the whole idea is is not everybody's going to like everything but you know you find the bit of the buffet you like and you the jello cubes yeah or the for me the, no. Uh, no. <laughs> no it allows you to kind of taste stuff right and you and, and, and the hope is too is this you know particularly uh, Hamilton's theater scene is kind of fixed there's certain groups that are known for doing certain stuff um, the staircase at least they're touring stuff in so often you see shows at the staircase that you probably wouldn't see otherwise in Hamilton right but in this uh, 11 days you see more theater in Hamilton than every other company does all the year round mm-hmm. and the Hamilton Fringe in, you know, in its 13 years has produced more original plays you know, than Theater Aquarius has in 40 plus years of existence um, and I particularly because I think that's one of the key demographics for us is writers writers getting a chance to actually get their work on stage yeah. um, and the other is actors that always wanted to play a certain role and mm. no one would ever give it to them yeah. I used to have a line that only on only in the fringe can a 60 year old 400 pound man get to play Hamlet <laughs> that's <laughs> great nobody else will ever cast it <laughs> that's a great point yeah um Inter- yeah. Go ahead, no, please. I was just saying, I can't wait to do Hamlet in this show. <laughs> <laughs> there was a one-man Hamlet to tour the circuit for quite a while. I remember yes, seeing it on Bravo. Yes, there was. Yes, yeah. there was. Who did that? I don't remember. I don't remember. I just remember seeing it on Bravo, but it was in yeah. Toronto French for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of, of uh, you know, you had your opening. What was your promotional, how was your promotion for the show? I know for me it was a lot of trying to get find places to put posters but mostly trying to talk to people posters have been really frustrating this year and particularly in some venues I have to, won't I have to even you. let you put the poster up it's like wah yeah. you know and, and I understand people are sensitive about their walls but again in my day we would have these big 
plywood boards mm -hmm. that would kind of, I don't know what's happening. I don't know, because there's, yeah. I mean, my venue has no posters. Mills Hardware has mm -hmm. zero posters. Yeah. They don't, eh? Zero. a little bit over the, the drinks area. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see that. No, no, because no, nobody's going to see that yeah. over the drinks area. The, the best post drink so far I've seen is the Baltimore House. I've seen more posters yeah. of the Baltimore House. Well, the Baltimore House, I mean, yeah. they were like, come, put up your yeah. posters. Yeah. They even gave us the take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's wonderful. Thank God. I spent Thursday walking to almost every venue. Yeah. They had a show. I didn't get up to the staircase, but I got up to every other one. And trying to find a place to put up posters. And the only place I could put up posters was at Hamilton Theater, Inc. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was like really frustrating. Yeah, because I mean, my audience is people who are going to other shows. That's it, and actually, you know? so if I've seen fringe posters everywhere, mm -hmm. so my logic is is you know the fringe's job is to get people to come out to the the fringe, and my job is is to find those people that are already committed to seeing the fringe yeah. to decide to see my show as well, yeah. right? And we used to track the button sales divided by the total number of tickets sold, mm -hmm. and you could figure out what the average number of people per button were buying. Right. And in my day, it was three. Like, mm -hmm. So for each one of those mm -hmm. buttons, they would buy three tickets. And, yeah. and that would balance off against diehards like uh, Tom Sorokowski that sees every show in the festival, mm -hmm. and you'll see him diligently going from show to show to show yeah. to show. <laughs> he does. It's astonishing. He works yeah. out his schedule well ahead, and... Uh, and you know, if he because he also does the Toronto and London fringes, often he'll know a show that's coming to Hamilton. And he'll mm -hmm. catch it in London instead, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like a lot. It seems like it would be almost impossible to see every show yeah. in forty-seven uh, uh, show schedule. Yeah. But there are people who do manage yeah. to see every show. I believe they, it's called a beautiful mind. Yeah, marathon. Derek Chua in Toronto saw every show in the fringe. Every one of them. 150 shows, yeah. Right? They are at the same time when yeah. they can't. You, you just sit with the schedule, work it out. Yeah. You, you figure out if, I, if I do nothing else, yeah, and I can start here, and then I go, <laughs> can I get from this place to this place, and then go to this place, and yeah. work it out. Particularly useful are the Saturdays and Sundays when you've got six or seven shows yeah. in a single venue. Yeah. So you could pick, well, I'm going to see every show at HTI yeah, on the Sunday, that, right? Yeah. And then you kind of work it out. The gallery shows are, are an added complication because mm -hmm. they're, yeah. and often... Yeah. yeah, and so often the shows that I tend to miss each year uh, are the gallery shows, unfortunately, right? But um, and then the BYOVs are a whole new thing as well, and particularly now that there are really strong BYOVs. Edmonton, half the shows in the festival are in BYOVs. They're self, and it's a way to get around CAF's rules about uh, no artistic direction. Well, that's I mean the BYOV is the is exception to. The lottery. Yes. If you run a BYOV, you curate. Correct. Now, in Edmonton, there are people who will take a BYOV show over a show that was chosen from the lottery. For sure. Because it's curated. Exactly. So they have a, a, an assumption of quality over that. Stuart Lemoyne that runs one of the venues. Mm -hmm. And yeah. again, the reputation that he has on the shows yeah. that are in his venue... Uh, uh, which comes from what they call the Edinburgh model. Edinburgh's yeah. like that, too. The assembly rooms, if you're in the assembly rooms, you're going to sell out because people know that the caliber of work in that space mm -hmm. um, and what you know the Edinburgh Fringe which has 2,000 shows in 400 venues um, and it's it's a free-for-all you know we did Edinburgh in uh, 1990 and we were playing to about 20 people a show in a 
hundred seat venue, and I was the production manager. We had budgeted a third, so thirty three people a show is our break even or something. Yeah. So I was kind of killing myself with our twenty people a show, and they were patting me on the back and jumping up and down, saying, "God, you're doing so well." Because what they don't tell you three thousand miles away is that the average audience is four, mm. yeah. four no. people. That's why they say that the yeah. only people who make money at the Edinburgh Fringe are the venues, because you have yeah. to buy your venue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Olivia, you, as somebody from Hamilton. Um, this is your is this your first production? It's of Hamilton my very Fringe? Yeah. first production of Hamilton Fringe. Congratulations! Yeah, the first one, Fringe Virgin, right? Yes. How did you come in? How did you approach uh, the festival in terms of your promotion? Did you have a plan um, going in? Yeah, you know? I came at it a little bit differently than most people in the Fringe because I'm coming from a different background. Mm -hmm. I was approaching it more from a social media business kind of standpoint mm -hmm. because that's my background. I've already been doing social media for business before. Mm -hmm. So I made sure that we had videos mm -hmm. and um, then I... The thing is, the best investment you can make is like a $7 investment on Facebook for sponsoring your videos because mm -hmm. you can tailor, tailor your audience mm -hmm. and then have it play. So yeah. I had it tailored to people who like theater in the mm -hmm. area, people who like fringe in the area. And so I got a really good response mm -hmm. with that, but also making connections with artists because I'm a virtual unknown person yeah. <laughs> um, and really trying to cross um, pamphlet with other artists because if they're already at another show, I'm not com I'm not taking away from their audience, mm -hmm. but we can both get more audience from one another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and I did a bit of postering, and we didn't went down to James Street North and that kind of stuff. Like, can I put your postcards in? Yeah. Can I? Yeah. That kind of stuff. But I really looked focused on the social media aspect. Yeah. Also, because my audience is a little bit younger, a little mm -hmm. bit more mm -hmm. from the Mac scene. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Well, the highest grossing show in Hamilton Fringe history was a McMaster production back in 2007 when we used to be in the Downtown Arts Center. We had a 300 seat theater at that point. And people say, oh, that's unfair, they've got a 300 seat theater. Yeah, but the audience is still 30. So yeah. whether you get to play to 270 empty seats is really no advantage. But that particular show, which was connected to Mac, and again, had come out of the Honors Performance Series, you know, was playing to 280 people at night. Wow, and yeah. they think they made like $7,000. That's, that's still the record, right? So rare. But it was a Mac connection, and yeah. they and we know from the button sales that they didn't hang around to see anything else. They came yeah. and they went, and the so that's the thing. The hardest people tend to be the out of towners, you know, the poor guy from Brazil mm -hmm. who has no friends or family, yep. and thus is is has to kind of generate. Um, and always the heartbreakers for me. I particularly remember a three-person version of King Lear that came from Winnipeg, and. Uh, I, I remember the board of directors, we basically all had to rally audience for them because there was one performance that nobody came. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's heartbreaking, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and even they accepted the fact, okay, we're not going to make any money, you know, let's at least pay for the houses and play to an audience and have yeah. some fun, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow, I'm starting yeah. to feel better about our four people in the crowd when we played 9-11 in yeah. Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Why did we do that again? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people canceled. We didn't know those volunteers were going to do a moment of silence. The best thing I can say is that at least afterwards we were like, well, there's a famous Second City story in Chicago um, when Kennedy was killed. Yeah. And they came out and they said, well, we won't ask you why you're here if you don't ask us why we're here. Why did we Now, having done the tragedy of the Fallout before, yeah. was your approach to promotion for the show different 
than it would have been if this was a complete, like the first time you were performing yeah. it? Well, yeah. Um, so the thing about the fringe is that you have people who are looking to see shows. Mm -hmm. right? And so with a, a run that's outside of the fringe, you just have to convince people to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so in order to like break even with costs, we had to charge more for tickets. Mm -hmm. All this yeah. thing. So we had a very short run, but what was nice was that we had we didn't have a lot of competition. Mm -hmm. for there wasn't much one out in April. Yeah. 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 So we got the cover review, mm -hmm. which was yeah. so great, and so I'm like posting it now. Um, but we we got some really good promotion. I don't think it ha would have helped as much if it, we got it now, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Right now, people are looking for it. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's just really there's so many. Shows and it's just trying to rise up above the noise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, now there are. We did poster a bit. Yeah. And try to give out cards, but it's it's a different landscape because in April it's like cold. Yeah. <laughs> I had a funny moment. I was I did um, the like sort of the Lock Street mm -hmm. uh, beat, and uh, but I went back into uh, there's a, a great coffee shop, Democracy, yeah. and when I put our poster up, there were uh, like a dozen. Like fringe posters already. Mm -hmm. I went in the other day; they were all gone. Yeah, right. something's yeah. going on with posters. We've something's seen that on social. On. You know, yeah. whether it's something against the fringe or just posters. whether the t the poster Nazis have decided that these are outsiders. Yeah. And yeah. You know. I had a funny moment too. Um, I was like, oh, just on a whim, uh, I went into the Starbucks on Lock Street, yeah. and they're like, you can put it up, but um, their their corporate structure, you can't have a, a price on it. So they're like, well, you can take this marker and, and rub out how much tickets are. I'm like, sure. And then I looked up, and then there was the official fringe poster, and it had the, 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 button, <laughs> yeah. the button, and it was all um, X'd out, like, yeah. or circled out. Oh, that's so interesting. Isn't that weird? Because yeah. um, they like to view themselves as, it's like a community board. For sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, no price tags. Yeah, no advertising. I'm, I doubt it's up still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you never, you never know what, what's going to happen. Posters. I mean, I went into a couple of places. They were like, "Well, our world's full, but you know, if we decided we're going to take one down, we'll put yours up." I'm like, but "Why would you take another one of those yeah. down? They're still running." Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's so weird. Um, How much? Um, this is my first uh, Hamilton Fringe, even though I'm from here and, and have performed here for a really long time. But uh, it, it doesn't. Is there a, a lot of uh, uh, flyering at shows? You know, I've noticed. That one of the things that's kind of missing from this fringe is lineups. Yeah. Right. People don't seem to line up for fringes. Right. It's kind of like Montreal. Nobody lines up for a show yeah. in Montreal. They just sort of like one mosey up about yeah. ten minutes before yeah. get their ticket and walks right in. Right. Mm -hmm. So in awesome. Montreal, you can hit everyone up at the. They've got the best beer can. Yeah. They do. Oh, yeah forget yeah. forget the beer part. Yeah. The thirteenth hour, which is the right. line party. That's what people. That's what people. Yeah. That's where everybody's liver really takes a hit. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's Montreal in general. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in, in terms of in terms of like the best, we discovered when we were there that the best way to fly was when people coming out of shows. And I'm right. thinking that that might be the way to do it here mm -hmm. because of the lack of lineups. It's just right. to sort of show up when the uh, show's about to let out. Yeah. yeah. And then get them because then they're coming out on yeah. mass. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like being that guy who's hovering around. And if you're hovering around you've got your hand a handful of Full of full of postcards. Everybody knows what you're there for, and they, yeah. won't, make you, they won't like look you in the eye. At all. Like, <laughs> well, don't tell me. I don't know. <laughs> Phil and I uh, attacked the one lady that was standing inside, yeah, and well, one after another, we were kind of. And she was very nice because she had nice, done the Toronto Fringe, and she knew what was coming, and she was yeah. very nice and polite about it. And we, each, you, you have to have that thirty second elevator pitch, right? What is this? Well, it's a blah, 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 blah. thank but, you. But she also, yeah. I mean, like, well, I'm not going to see your show. But yeah. give me the pitch. I, anyway. yeah. I was like. Yeah. I was like <laughs> 
There's points for you yeah. as well. Yeah. You might as well just be a judge. Uh, you know what? I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna <laughs> I need to practice. I'm gonna do well, pitch. also, yeah. think about this. If the pitch is good enough, yeah. they might change their mind. Sure. Wow. I think I will stay to see yeah. that. Particularly, I think the best flyering is always, you know, the five o'clock show, and you're the seven. If, that if helps. you if That's you good. haven't decided what you're going to see after this, or you know, after yeah. dinner, maybe you'll consider us, right? I was in I was in now cities like Toronto, Winnipeg. People do line up for yeah. the shows. I was in Winnipeg a couple years ago, and Peter and Chris. Mm-hmm. You know, Peter and Chris. I saw Peter were, and Chris last summer in Montreal, yeah. and it was they're, they're oh. amazing. So. Ridiculously um, funny. I, I was going to fly the line for the Peter and Chris show. So people are lining up. And as I'm walking towards it, I see every show that's in the Winnipeg Fringe just descending on that line. And I was like, those poor people. I can't do this. I can't do this. You've got people who are like juggling flyers and they don't have anywhere to put them. Kind of felt that way after Kagal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Was it a massacre? I didn't see it. it yeah. Yeah. I, I felt really bad. It's like a gauntlet, and people yeah. get to the end of the like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to know because I mean, you've, you, you've got. I mean, just handing somebody the flyer doesn't isn't isn't it's enough. Good, no. not you have to. Yeah. You do have to talk to people. You have to yeah. give them the pitch. It's because it's the personal connection that's more likely to get them to come out. But that's a skill set. Like, and there yeah. was one artist from Toronto about five years ago who shall remain nameless. Mm-hmm. I don't want to out them. But he used to uh, do his flyer thing in desperation. Please, please, come see my show! And it was a wonderful show. But that just turned people yeah. off. They all went, oh my God, uh, let's not see that one, honey. So it's a, it's a meeting of mutuality. You know, yeah. I'm doing you a favor because there are a lot of shows that suck and mine don't. So, you know, I'm doing you a favor by letting you know that my show is good, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, legendary. You ever yeah. seen Generals Fire? Yeah. He's like Alexander Hamilton. The man yeah. is nonstop. He does yeah. not yeah. stop. Yeah. He will go to, like, he will just start a circuit. He will go to every venue that has a line. He will talk to every single person in that. He's line. got that charming accent. Yeah, oh, he does. He's got yeah. that. He's got the he's got that going that English for accent. That's his show. Uh, he just doesn't. The one I saw him do was about the poll tax riots in London. Yeah. And and again, bare stage, nothing, just walks yeah. on stage and does the he's show. A, he's a phenomenal spoken word artist. But yeah. uh, so um, he's the other show I saw in Montreal yeah. last year. Uh, I took my girlfriend. I'm like, oh, I said spoken word. Like, you're going to love it. Um, but he was doing this completely new uh, show yeah. about uh, Leo Szilard, mm-hmm. who was this uh, physicist and basically. Uh, helped uh, keep the uh, the A bomb out of the Nazis' hands. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. I couldn't believe this. This is a, he's the most talented man, yeah. probably in fringe history. And you but, know uh, that's I mean a completely new topic. Yeah, and fringe is basically how he makes his yeah his living. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And yeah. the Canadian, he goes home to England. He writes his show. Yeah. he comes to Canada and he does the circuit. He tours yeah. right across Canada. He goes back to yeah, because the Canadian circuit is more lucrative than the than the the ones in in Britain and you know, I know people in Adelaide, Australia, because yeah. they make more money here yeah. than yeah. on the Australian fringe. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's simply because there's a structure to the Canadian model. Mm-hmm. People, yeah. CAF has American festivals in it. Yeah. it's not geography. Geography. It's the model of fringe festival, yeah. which is based on Edmonton. Edmonton's the first Canadian fringe. Yeah. So what Edmonton set up, we've now exported across North America, right? Yeah. Cool. Um, and also, at least in Canada, uh, the word fringe is actually a trademark. Mm-hmm. So in order to be a fringe festival as opposed to a, 
a fridge festival or a or an infringement festival. Uh, you have to basically follow the calf rules, and those four rules are very precious to me. No censorship. Yeah, right. If you uh, there was an incident in Montreal that a show the Gazette hated, and they were faced with the awful situation of losing their Gazette sponsorship or kicking the show out, wow. and they kicked the show out. Right, but. That's the only instance I can think of in calf history. And there have been a number of infamous productions, including one called The Happy... <laughs> the Happy C Word. Okay, well, it was called The Happy Cunt, folks. Yeah. And it, again, it played Edmonton and Calgary and was notoriously explicit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember particularly Jeremy that used to run the Montreal Fringe saying, yeah. you know, if you want to have sex with a goat on stage, this is your opportunity because mm-hmm. we will not stop you. Yeah. Jeremy was swigging a bottle of Jason's yeah. at the time. Yeah. Hey, well, we won't stop you. It. You know, the, the police may stop you. The audience may get up on stage and stop you. But the festival will never yeah. say, you can't do that. I'm sorry. And, and that's, that's a unique experience. The other one, too, is the lack of artistic direction. And that, to me, is so precious. Yeah. Because every time in my life I want to do in a play, there's somebody reading this and going, yeah, 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 you know. And, and, and the, also the fact that a first-timer, or R.H. Thompson and Eric Peterson, they all get treated exactly the same yeah. by the festival. Yeah. The, me, the media will not treat no, you no, exactly no, the same. No, no. The audiences will not treat you exactly the same. But the festival itself will provide the same amount of infrastructure and support to each of them, right? And that, to me, is so precious because you never find yeah. it anywhere else. Right? Yeah, it's true. You know, the other thing that I, uh, when I, the first time I did the Montreal Fringe, there was a, a solo artist named Cameron, and God, I'm blanking on her name. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does, like, um, like the, basically the day before, she does a, a seminar on, like, how to promote the Fringe. And she does it at all the Fringe festivals that she goes to. And the first thing that she says is, you're not competing. Forget mm-hmm. that you're competing. There is audience enough for everybody. Mm-hmm. You just have to let people know about your show. Your audience is already here. They're already mm-hmm. at another show. So we are not in competition. And, you know, uh, generally when I was on the Fringe Tour, everybody took that to heart because okay. we, you know. I mean, if I'm talking to somebody and they can't make it to my show, I will help them find another show, yeah, especially yeah. one that I've seen. Yeah, know? yeah. Speaking of shows that you've seen, you guys had a chance to see anything yet? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Four shows. No, I'm just playing so far. But four? Four. Nice. Yeah, for you. Awesome. What, what have you seen? Um, in no particular order or in the order of things that I really liked. Mm. Should I start with the stuff that I think you should we, go to? No, why, don't we, why don't we talk about the stuff that you really liked? Let's okay. not talk about, about something we didn't like. Let's talk about the stuff that we liked. Okay. That's well, I haven't disliked anything, but I Good. have particularly liked something. Um, and and a lot of it comes back to what I call my cup of tea versus not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. I recognize that there's an audience for each show, but I'm not personally fond of musicals. Mm-hmm. I'm an alternative theater guy, so you know, give me something like Sarah Kane's Psychosis uh, mm-hmm. for Fifty Eight, the suicide play, uh, because Sarah Kane doesn't get done in Hamilton, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, I want to see something that isn't part of the theatrical landscape for yeah. me, right? Um, Dirty Girl that's doing really well at uh, Staircase. Michael Crafts, a local playwright with a really great reputation. Uh, he did an interesting piece last year which was not well attended. And he's basically written the whole play again, but this time from the women's point of view. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, my own feeling was, is, you know, the male character is the weakest of the bunch and the two women basically make this thing sing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and most recent show I saw, we were outside in front of it, was Faith, mm-hmm. which was the play that won the Fringe Playwriting Award this year. 
Uh, and again, it's a really articulate and well-written script with some really nice performances from the two people involved. I found especially that, that, that Lindsay was pretty yeah. terrific. I mean, it's mostly her. Yes, I agree. It's mostly her. Yeah. Because the guy, she calls it, she's referred to him as the movable prop. Yeah, the one person, the one woman show with another guy there who has a few lines. That's, 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 that's what I felt, yeah. But she is, yeah. she's fucking amazing. Yeah, intense. Yeah. She yeah. also picks one person out of the audience that plays a particular part of the scene too. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I was the person she picked. Uh, so, you know, this this huge, intense kind of, you know, yeah. you, you want to fuck me, right? <laughs> and it's coming straight to me. Yeah. And I'm going like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. a really, it's, a really, it's a really awesome performance. Yeah. Uh, Dave, I, I saw um, uh, an, old, uh, an old friend from uh, back in the day uh, through like Second City and stuff, uh, Chris. Crystal, uh, Crystal show, yeah, yeah, all uh, kidding all aside, yeah. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she had that audience in the palm of her hand. Yep. Well, she, yeah. she does, she, right? She, That's she, she knows. Was, yeah. Um, it, I, I just recommend it highly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna, you know, the worst thing about uh, you know trying to give too much praise or review to a comedy is yeah. you just end up spoiling punchlines. No, you don't. Yeah, you don't yeah, want to yeah, give away the jokes. No, yeah. no, but I love it. Love it. I really, I saw Oasis Love on Thursday. And I really mm-hmm. loved it. Cool. Mm-hmm. And I really loved the show, musical. Mm. I have a, I, I study musical theater, so. I understand why people don't like it. No, no, there is an audience for it. Yeah. It's just not necessarily me. Yeah. So I accept that. I actually think there's more audience for musicals than there is for alternative theater. There but is. It's more commercial. Yeah. It's more commercial. Yeah, but no, I, do, I do relate to um, why people find it um, unsettling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think that it's bad musicals that yeah. people think of that makes them not like Agreed. music. Oh, like Wayne right. for Guffman. Yes, that's, that's Nothing ever happens on Mars. Yeah. It's also that there's a kind of a commercial sense deliberately built into at least yeah. the American model. Mm-hmm. So it's like I always feel as I'm watching certain musicals that the producer is basically lifting the money out of the back mm-hmm. of my wallet. And, and that this this was the whole point, right? Well, those yeah. prices. Yeah. yeah. Yes, um, well, I saw The Commandment, which I absolutely adored. It was amazing. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I bet you're yes. director. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, really um, nice guy. Thanks. And I saw Unoriginal Sin, mm-hmm. um, which was well done. I really love their um, multimedia parts. Like, they have a mm-hmm. plot, and then they have multimedia where it kind of deals with, like, miniatures of hookup culture, and it's mm. really amazing. Like, you should see it, especially for those parts, mm. because there, there's that plot that's going through, but the moments where... I don't want to give anything away, but, yeah, like, no, go, but, yeah, but the way they right. use, you know, like, um, dating website, kind of like, advertisement, and you're like, wow, okay, or just consumerism with hookup culture, yeah. putting it together yeah. is really interesting, so I would recommend. Cool. And um, and I saw Faith, and it was really great. Cool. Yeah. Wow, you guys are busy. <laughs> you know, uh, yesterday I was going to see a show. I was I was like yesterday I was like okay cool. seven o'clock I think I can manage to you see the show. You gotta take a nap. And then I was, but it was my opening, and I was like, yeah. on my way to see the show, and I was like I cannot put my head into somebody else's yeah. show yeah. right now. I was yeah. feel, I was feeling too much both excited and also that I wanted to throw up. So yeah. I just was like no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I've seen I've seen your show, which was which was a lot of fun, and I, I saw Faith, um, and uh, those are the two shows I've seen. Uh, when I say your show, I was I was indicating Olivia, mm-hmm. who's okay. to my left. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, I'm hoping to see. Uh, well, I want to see as much as I can, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to Mary's podcast and a couple yeah. more. Yeah, it's, uh, schedule. Well, it's, it's funny. Dave said at the launch that we had buzz, and I'm like, we do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But you know, I the mean, thing is that you don't know that you have buzz yeah. until yeah. sometimes it's I mean, performing. We were very fortunate, and so far it's the only real decent media we've got. We ended up with an article in The Spectator, and that's based upon a 30-year relationship mm. with the guy who writes for The Spec. Right? <laughs> And, uh, but which is nice, and, but you know, so far that's the only real hit we've had, um, and we're all kind of waiting patiently, hopefully, for the reviews. Mm-hmm. View does everybody. Yeah. The online reviews should start happening this weekend, and I think Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the few shows that the guy from the spec saw mm-hmm. will start to percolate. The uh, thing, the interesting thing that I find about about the view is that they don't seem to pub- like. I was looking at their website, and they yeah. published like. The newspaper in its entirety. That's only recent. Okay. That, that's only been the last year. It used to be there'd be a separate article, which would be fringe reviews. Yeah. And my problem with the view, and I know this because I used to work for them, <laughs> although, again, because of my relationship with the fringe, I, I, I've never actually reviewed fringe mm. shows, right? Because uh, there was a yeah. rule that you could never review anything that you were a part of or affiliated yeah. with, right? So my job was to find other people to review the shows at the fringe. Um, but it's the fact you only get a paragraph. And uh, what is kind of nice is they assign the, the, the critic to basically see all the shows in the particular venue, and then you get this little thing called Critics Pick, the one show of the seven I saw in my venue mm. that I had to cover that I liked. And so often, you know, Critics Pick View magazine comes up because you were the best of the seven. Now, having said that, all the shows in that particular venue could have sucked to you, but yeah. who knows? <laughs> but it's kind of nice that... <laughs> Or everyone could have been wonderful, and they agonized over which of the seven to pick, right? And there's no way to know. But it's a tiny little paragraph that basically, it's like the, the elevator pitch. This is kind of a show about this. Yeah. yeah. There's two, two things that I want out of a review. Yeah. Aside from it being a, a positive. A good one, yeah. Um, actually, they are before the review is even published. Number one, I don't want the venue captain to tell me that there's a reviewer in the house. No, I agree. No, I do not want to know. Oh, and yesterday it. they did. After the fact. Uh, yesterday, no, they did beforehand. Oh, I was like, right, so here's my media kit information. And she said, oh, good. That's great because we have, I said, don't tell me. We yeah. have the reviewer from the view. I was like, don't tell me. Yeah. And the second thing, the second thing is a moment of silence before the show. No. No. no, no, no. <laughs> what, I, what I want is for that reviewer not to sit in the front row. Oh, oh God. Well. With a notebook. With a yeah. notepad. D- diligently <laughs> scrawling all the way. <laughs> Yeah, he was, like, oh, he yeah, was, he was a... sitting right there in the front row. Uh, oh, yeah, right there in the note with his notepad, taking notes. Uh, and at that point, he put his notes aside, and I was like, is that good? Is that bad? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, he's finished, you. man. I don't want to see you. I don't want to see you. Yeah, yeah. See you. Uh, so those are two things. Oh, it could be worse, though. There was one reviewer, thankfully, who isn't around anymore, who used to diligently wait at the end of the show where everybody's madly trying to rip the set down all the rest and ask to take a photograph which would invariably take 10 minutes while you're madly trying to do the changeover, yeah. right? And, and if you wouldn't let him do that, he would get mortally offended and it would show up in the review. Oh, well, I, yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. and, so, uh, um, just, just as, we start, as we start to think about, about wrapping up, what are you guys looking ahead? Since we're just starting day three of the Fringe, what are you guys looking ahead to? Do you have any plans, things that you want to see, things that you want to do? What are you hoping for? I think um, I think it's at four today, uh, Taller. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah. yeah. I know Dave uh, Tomlinson, uh, another guy from way back in the day, uh, through Sketch, mm-hmm. but um, 
Uh, it's a local story, so I'm, I'm quite curious. Sky Gilbert, yeah, who was Sky. founder of Buddy and Buddies in yeah, that time, yeah, who moved yeah. to Hamilton about 12 years ago and was actually on the Fringe board for a while. Um, again, he's just such an amazing writer. Mm -hmm. He's written yeah. so many plays, and they're all different. Uh, he's also, he found a little theater company called Hammer Theater, mm -hmm. which was in a couple of fringes. He did Crack yep. uh, in 2007 or 2008 off the top of my head. Um, but he wrote a series of plays that are essentially Hamilton-centric mm -hmm. and that will never play anywhere else. They're not designed to be mm -hmm. at Buddies or in Toronto. Mm -hmm. They are specifically for a Hamilton audience, mm -hmm. and, um, and I admire that, right? Yeah. I think... Uh, it was a bit of a controversy uh, about theater careers canceling one of those Hamilton-centric shows. I remember that. Yeah. I wrote a big article in View about it, and I still think that was a really unfortunate. Was that it was the, the torture yeah. show? Yeah. There was yeah. A, a show based on a real crime that had happened, which yeah. was still before the courts. And the crime reporter, not the arts reporter, the crime reporter basically had gotten the chief of police to basically say, "This play is going to get these criminals off," and. Uh, they were threatening to charge him with obstruction of justice. Can you imagine this? Putting a play on, you're obstructing justice. And I went, well, unless he had interviewed them, yeah, yeah. had gotten witness statements, and was refusing to give them to the police, yeah. uh, you know, I don't yeah. see. He basically read an article in the Spectator. If anything, the Spectator was running this bigger than anybody else. Absolutely. The the line about them making him eat feces was in every Spectator article, yeah. right? And all he did was read an article in Spectator and imagine. What might have happened? Right. You know, That's what artists do. What might have uh, happened? Similar incident. There was a play that was about the terrorists. The, the uh, terrorists. Yeah, play. I was and in a playwriting class with her. Yeah, mad with it. Yeah. And, like started taking it everywhere and talking to people in the. They lost their government. funding. They lost their funding over this. They almost did. They got it back. Eventually, they did get it back. But it was like the sun blew it up out of proportion, and because nobody had seen the play. Yet. Of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. So, so, they they, so that one sentence you have in your yeah. program. That was so my the, point. The, the, yeah. the, the son was taking it and was saying, you know, federal money going to this pro-terrorist plan. Yeah. Like this, uh, yeah. Esther, what are, you, uh, what are you looking forward to in the next few days of mm -hmm. the Fringe? Um... <laughs> I guess just settling in the show. I, I mm -hmm. want to go see some things. I want to see Commandment today. Can I come? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, great, uh, and what show. time is that today? Yep. That's it. That's two o'clock. Awesome. By the time this goes up at noon, I will be already in yeah. prep mode. Um, do you want to be on the list? I'll put you on the list. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, and I want to see. I've heard a lot of good things about bathtub girls. Yeah, you know, I've heard a lot of that guy too. Yeah. Yeah. Those girls can cut a rug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Baltimore House after the uh, they were up there on the dance we'll floor. Believe it. Yeah, yeah. Disgustingly it. young energy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they've energy to spare. Olivia, <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to our film more. I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thank you. Uh, and Bathtub Girls, I really want to check out. Uh, America's Pants, I want to check out so. all, all the plays that are in my venue for sure. Uh, Christmas of the Jolie. Yeah. Uh, and then see what else fits. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying. I mean, my concentration. I got to crack the the self promotion mm -hmm. in Hamilton since I'm not from here. Yep. I don't know the fringe very well. I'm going to try the end of shows for flyering and yeah. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I found really good yesterday is that the lobby of the staircase fills up very nicely. People just sitting yep. and eating. Staircase mm -hmm. is a great team staircase. Yeah. Has like food and drinks. Yeah. People just hang out there before their shows. I know. I know. I mean, you could 
literally lose yourself in staircase yep. for a while. Yeah. Just come out of a show, yeah. grab a coffee, grab a drink, go into the next show, and just like stay there like for a yeah. day, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. It's it's a bit of a hike. It's an island. Of, yeah. Like yeah. I yeah. on the day on on Thursday when I was traipsing to every show, I was going to see your show, but I went to Theater Hamilton Inc. first, thinking that that's where it was, because yeah. I got confused in my brain, I was seeing Faith there later, yeah. and then I had that, like, 20, and I had 35 minutes to get to your show, and it's a 25-minute walk, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 so I like, I'm in the wrong spot. You should take a Sobe. I should take a Sobe. Yeah, I should take a Sobe. Because there's, yeah. st- there's a station right outside there, and it's really reasonable. I was thinking of, uh, for promo today, flyering uh, the 115 uh, Ghostbusters at Jackson Square. Mm. Uh, it's, a yeah, little, it's a little fringe, it's a little, it's, it's, little fringe it's, show it's, called Ghostbusters. And don't yeah. forget, Paul McCartney's coming to town I'm next going, Thursday. Going. <laughs> yeah. because, you know, My God, there's going to be 20,000 people there, right? You know... Hey, did you know in Toronto, Neil Patrick Harris went to see Three Stooges? Yes, he did. I know. It's astonishing. Okay, so, so you guys know how that, how that rolled Twitter. out. Yeah, Twitter. So, Kat Sandler, yeah. who was doing Bright Lights, yeah. she she tweeted, because Neil Patrick Harris took like, him in town shooting, what, what should they do tonight? And she was like, come see my show. And her friends were like, go see her show. <laughs> <laughs> other people who were like, come see my show. But she was basically first. Right? Yeah, so, ten first, minutes yeah. later, he... DMs her. She gets a DM from from Neil Patrick Harris, right. and the friend works out that he can go in now. Her show was sold out. So ah, yeah. MacGyvered him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then hang him off the booth. He went to see two more shows. Yeah, you liked it. He liked it so much yeah. he went to see two more shows. So maybe Paul McCartney will come and see. Uh, somebody. Wow. Well, yeah. He's not doing a show. Yeah. I'll yell at him. I'm going. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> one night off. The only tickets, yeah, the only tickets are the nine hundred dollar ones. They're the only ones left. So, oh my God. I, have, I have a question. I have a question about, uh, and this is something that I'm noticing is, I've been to the to uh, the Baltimore House a couple of nights after the show, after you know people are out, and I've noticed that that it's not very full. Okay. Generally, when I'm there now, maybe I'm just not there late enough because I don't stay up very late. Because I'm an old man, mm. um, and but I, it's such a great venue. Yep. I would think that people would go there. If that venue was in was the Toronto, yeah, yeah, uh, French club, people would just pack that place. Is yeah. there a reason why people don't don't seem to go? I oh, again, I I um, have this is my first fringe that kind of the I've been hanging around the Baltimore House, mm-hmm. and. Um, the art word art bar which is a venue now was the fringe club when I was involved and it was a much different vibe um, and you tend to find all the artists were always at art bar and I can't comment because again I wasn't here don't know what it was like last year I can only see what's happening this year I do notice that it seems like all their programming is at 10 o'clock and so therefore there are shows that are um, no, not ten o'clock. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. They're right. all at nine o'clock. I do. So I anybody's that's... catching the last show yeah. isn't there. So I think the ten o'clock start at the end of the the last show probably would be. I mean, the but weekends I, they I go to midnight and all that. that yeah. That people would be going there after their shows. But I well, went there after my show and almost nobody was there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for us last night, I mean, there was um, they did a, a show they always do at Stoke. Mm. It's called Hammer Night Live. Yeah. And so they did an eleven o'clock start. Yeah. And uh, okay, Matt, Matt Serena hosts at mm. Clifford Myers was the headliner, but they were in their pajamas because it was a late night show. Yeah. And so for us coming out of our show, it's like, it's well, awesome. if that wasn't going on, maybe I would have yeah. gone to the Baltimore House. But I was like, well, there's a it's great show here that, already. Because yeah. that almost sounds a little bit like the 13th hour in Montreal. Yeah. 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 Like an after. Like, yeah, yeah. After. 
So it's like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you better have a nap before you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nobody naps in Montreal. Um, (laughs) I agree. I kind of feel like I feel like a lot a lot of the people that I've seen going to the shows are older, Mm -hmm. so not necessarily the people who would like like they were going next. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I mean. And so it's early. It's early. Like we even this is the weekend, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. People yeah. that have to work yeah. aren't going out, you know, till two in the morning on a Thursday night. No. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we're just going to see tonight and tomorrow yeah. being yeah. a little busier at yeah. the French Club. Yeah. I, I do know that they've put the volunteer sign-in thing in the front of the Baltimore House, so at least the fringe the fringe people. signage is there, which yeah. is good. Yeah. 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 And you can, you know, you can yeah. buy, you can buy passes, and you can buttons. buy yeah. buttons there, which is good. Yeah. Is it especially close to any venue? Actually, it's it's pretty it's, much it, right in between yeah. the Mills yeah. Hardware, Hamilton yeah. Theater, Inc. Oh. Yeah. But the venues used to be much tighter. You know, one year you had the Bank of Montreal space, you had the what's currently the Absinthe space, which was yeah. a venue, yeah. and you'd have two venues at the Downtown Art Center, which is on Rebecca Street right around the corner. So we were much further yeah. concentrated, yeah. and I'm finding more and more the Fringe, uh, the Players Guild's the first year it's been an official venue, and we two are kind of at the halfway point between the staircase yeah. and what traditionally yeah. used to be the center. Yeah. Someone who doesn't have a car and who has been walking from venue to venue. Oh, I know, I know. It's getting wider. My legs have been killing me. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't, this is like, I walk regularly, but this is a lot of walking for yeah. me. And in the past, we had had two venues at Theatre Kirk instead of one, although the costs of using that facility were expensive, right? Mm-hmm. So. But there's a logic that says it's great to have two venues, and at the staircase you've got three, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the idea that it's like a multiplex at the cinema. Ah, yeah. oh, that interests me. No, that doesn't interest right. me. But therefore, yeah. I can kind of stay in one place and see the shows. Yeah. So that was perhaps a better model. It's. I mean, it, the thing is that I think that that you know the venues are all walkable. Yeah. With the exception, of, I mean, you can walk to yeah. to, to the Fires Guild. Yeah. Um, You know, I've done it. You just need the time to do it. You're in a rush. If anything, that's my biggest thing is that I'd like to see more shows, but I go from the Players Guild to another venue, and it takes me so long that I can't stay for the next show and then go to the The real key is the nights you're off. I was off Thursday, so I caught shows Thursday, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm off Sunday, so Sunday is wide open for me. I'll catch shows. Also, again, the importance of the the artist comps and um, uh, in the old days it used to be festival wide. There was a lanyard system, and if you were an artist, a show could opt out, and mm-hmm. shows frequently did. But the default was the, that if there's an empty seat and nobody's paid for it, that you may as well stick an artist in it. Right? I I will always give uh, like seats to to artists. That's something from, you know. Uh, because we'll tell people about other shows, yeah. I think that other artists are as good at selling my show yeah. as anybody else. So I want people to see my show, and also it's part of the part Culture. of the brotherhood and sisterhood. Yeah, just sort of like you want to see everybody's shows, you know. Um, all right. So and who's on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. All right. So Esther, what's your what's your uh, your Twitter handle? Uh, the show has a Twitter handle. Okay, so what's the show's Twitter handle? It's uh, Othello Moore. Okay. Are you personally on the... Uh... I am, personally. Would you like to share that? Sure, that's E-S-T-H-U-H-S-T-A-R-S-T-A-R-S-T-A-R-S-T-A-R-S-T-A-R-S-T-A-R-S-T-A-R-S-T-A-R-S-T-A-R-S-T-A-R-S-T-A-R-
And what about websites? What about you? you? What about you? Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm at Phil Rickaby at Stageworthy Prod. Those are those people listening to this probably already know. I'm going to be linking to all this uh, in the show notes. Perfect. What about websites? Uh, I'm just on a Facebook page. Yeah. Facebook.com slash FLMoreplay. Same Facebook page. Referendum. And then as well as everyone can Cool. And we actually have a web page, yeah. uh, which is www.theater-erebus.ca. And, and I've got the commandment.ca, yep. nice. all this stuff here, philrickaby.com, stageworthypodcast.com, and all that stuff. Um, so we're going to do this again next week. Um, Esther, you won't be here. You have a previous engagement. Dave will sit in and he will do both parts. He'll play yeah. both parts. He'll play both you and himself. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be awesome. Me too. <laughs> Dave's, gonna, Dave's, Dave's understudying for Esther next week and also playing himself. So this <laughs> should be. Oh, he's going to. He's going to. It's going to be so awesome. Yeah. It's going to be great. Um, so we'll, we'll all meet back here cool. uh, next week at 10 o'clock. Thanks a lot, you guys. Thank it was fun. You. Thank, Thank you. So much. you. Yeah.